I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Admission. A new California state law is trying to weed out the bad cops. How? By suspending or decertifying them. It's a big deal because a decertification would mean permanently revoking an officer's ability to ever work again as a police officer in California. 46 other U.S. states already had the power to remove bad cops. But for decades, cops who were found with misconduct issues in California could skirt discipline by jumping from one police force to another. SB2 puts an end to that. The law was signed by Governor Gavin Newsom in 2021 in response to 2020's racial justice demonstrations. And finally, it went into effect this year. In the first five months, there have been more than 6,200 reports of serious police misconduct. About 40% of those involve allegations of excessive use of force. The commission in charge of enforcing the new law is estimating that 3,000 to 3,500 police officers could be decertified or suspended each year. That's a really high number, 3,000 to 3,500. Even longtime criminal justice reform advocates are surprised by the initial figures. Today on Fifth Emission, Chronicle reporter Sophia Bolag explains why that number is so significant. Also, how will the law impact cities like San Francisco, where many residents are especially concerned about crime? Sophia, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Sophia, under a new state law, thousands of California police officers stand to either be suspended or decertified for serious misconduct. What exactly qualifies as serious misconduct? So broadly, serious misconduct, as outlined in this relatively new state law, it was passed in 2021, but it's just taking effect this year. It includes a range of conduct that state lawmakers agreed was just not acceptable behavior for someone who is given the responsibility of being a police officer. Some things are actually already crimes like sexual assault or manslaughter. And it also includes other sort of professional misconduct that police potentially could, but really shouldn't engage in, such as using excessive force, obtaining false confessions on purpose, intimidating witnesses, joining law enforcement gangs. That's really the scope of what the the serious misconduct we're talking about here is. And as you mentioned, this law was signed by Governor Gavin Newsom in 2021, and it gave a commission called the Commission on Peace Officers Standard and Training the power to decertify police officers. Tell me a little bit about the background of this law. How did it come about? California, prior to this law, was one of a very small number of states that didn't have the power or didn't have a state agency, essentially, with the power to decertify police officers. So police officers could certainly be fired or reprimanded internally if they do something really egregious. You're not allowed to be a police officer if you commit a serious felony crime, for example. Advocates for this law say there has been a big problem of police officers who in some cases have even committed misdemeanor crimes being allowed to essentially just stay on the job sometimes in their police department or being fired or let go and then quietly going and joining another police department in another part of the state. Advocates for this law really argued that there needed to be 
an official decertification process that would permanently bar officers who were found to have committed some of the serious misconduct that we were just talking about so that they couldn't sort of slip through the cracks after having, you know, engaged in this type of behavior. Now, going back to that number of cops that may be suspended or decertified by this law, that's 3,000 to 3,500 cops. And some people were pretty surprised by that high number, right? Yeah. So this number is an estimate. The law has not been in effect for very long. It's only being implemented in the last few months or so. So we don't know how good of an estimate that is at this point. But it is the official estimate that the commission used to request a pretty substantial increase to its budget of about $6 million in the next fiscal year, which state budget negotiations are are still ongoing, but lawmakers and the governor are pretty much in agreement on that piece of it. 3,000 to 3,500 officers a year, some of them could end up just being suspended, so they wouldn't be able to do police officer duties while they're under a suspension, which could be up to three years. But some of these people may not end up being completely barred from the police force entirely. But the experts I talked to, some of them were very surprised by this number. One of the criminal justice reform advocate who advocated for this law to be passed, she's been appointed to the board that's going to provide some oversight of this process. She said this number was staggering and that it really speaks to how prevalent this kind of serious misconduct is. So even if many of these officers end up not facing punishment, it still means that the commission is expecting that nearly 4% of current working police officers in any given year may be engaging in conduct that could very likely meet this serious misconduct threshold and put them at risk for losing their badge. The experts I talked to really just described that as a striking number. And even the ones who weren't super surprised by it because they've been working on this issue for a long time, they said it's still really concerning when it comes to the the conduct of the police in their communities. And also, Sophia, that number is suggesting that this is going to be quite a bit of work to investigate these cases. What goes into the process of evaluating these cases and what kind of resources does it require? You mentioned that funding there. Most of the cases that the commission is reviewing and is going to review come from law enforcement agencies that are required to report allegations and investigations into serious misconduct by their officers. Some of the cases, a a much smaller number, but some are based on just public reports that have been brought to the commission as well. Because the commission is just starting this work, I think we don't know exactly how many resources it's going to take, but they, you know, have asked for $6 million in additional state funding. They've asked for, you know, additional positions to help review. And a spokeswoman for the commission said that some of these investigations include tens of thousands of files. Those can be documents or or videos, sometimes police body cam footage, for example. And so they can be pretty time consuming to review. SB2 is a new California law that just went into effect. Why is the Newsom administration already trying to roll back some of it? Sophia Bolag will share after a quick break. 
You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Sophia Bolag, before the break, you talked about how the investigative work to decertify police officers with serious misconduct issues will be pretty involved and time consuming. Why is that raising concerns for people who are opposed to SB2? I reached out to the president of the Peace Officers Research Association of California, which is is one of the leading groups that represents law enforcement that advocates on criminal justice-related bills that move through the legislature. They opposed this state law as it was moving through the process. And he told me that these estimates really suggest that the commission isn't prepared to handle the increased workload from the policy. There's certainly some concern from law enforcement that this commission, which is a relatively small state agency, might have too much work to implement this law. Now, at the same time, many California cities, Sophia, are facing police staffing shortages in San Francisco alone. The number of San Francisco's full-duty sworn officers is at a decades-long low. Are there concerns about that, especially when so many San Francisco residents are really concerned about crime right now? One important thing to remember about this estimate is that this does not mean that the commission thinks that 3,500 officers are going to be removed from the streets each year. In fact, a lot of the officers that we're talking about may have already left the police force, maybe retired or have been fired because of the, the conduct in question. There's already some churn in the police force with some of these officers. Some of them are already leaving the job because of this conduct. And so it's not clear how many officers this would actually take off the streets. I spoke with a state assembly member, Mia Bonta, who represents Alameda and, and parts of the East Bay. And she said that these numbers really underscore that there's a, a deficit of trust among many communities in California, including the ones she represents and police officers. And so she really sees this as an important step, this this decertification process in in building trust with communities so that people can be confident that the police officers that are patrolling their neighborhoods have not engaged in the kind of serious misconduct that this law aims to crack down on. This law is quite new, as you mentioned, but now the Newsom administration wants to roll back some of it. What changes are they looking to make and why? State budget negotiations right now are are ongoing. They're kind of the thing, the biggest thing going on in Sacramento at the moment. And one of the sticking points that's emerged between the legislature and the governor's office is that the governor's office and the commission are seeking to really exempt the commission from part of the transparency requirements under this law. So essentially, this change, it would allow the commission to deny records requests for investigative reports for these decertification cases. The commission argues that this 
wouldn't make those records secret because people would still be able to request them from the local police departments that compiled them in the first place. But transparency advocates are really pushing back on this. A lot of civil liberties advocacy groups and some press freedom groups because they say even if it doesn't completely shield these records from public view, it eliminates this avenue to obtain them And so we'll make them harder to access. To give some context, it's not necessarily easy to get these records from police departments. In fact, sometimes police departments push back really hard and it's very difficult to obtain these records, forcing the public to go through these local agencies and having to potentially file many more requests to get the records that are sort of all housed at the commission is seen by opponents of this change as being really burdensome. On the other hand, the the commission argues that it's trying to ramp up this really big, complex new law. They have a hugely increased workload to do that. And forcing people on the commission to review and redact records for public disclosure when those records could be sought and dealt with by other agencies is essentially duplicative, and it, it would make them less efficient in carrying out the core mission that they've been charged with under this new law. Every reporter and journalist knows how hard it is to get records from local police departments. So essentially, this would decentralize the records. People would have to go to local agencies as opposed to a state agency. Yes. If this change goes through in in its current form, which I do think is looking somewhat unlikely at this point because they're is pushback in the legislature. There's many other issues that are still outstanding that are still subject to negotiations between the legislature and the governor. So we will see. Sophia, I want to go back to this point you made earlier, which is that California was one of the last states in the country to have a process in place to decertify police officers after they lose public trust. This was a big win for criminal justice reform advocates. And while it is getting sort of mixed reviews, as you've described, what kind of police misconduct has already been halted in the Bay Area or in the state? They've already moved to suspend or revoke the certification for 44 officers. Of those 44 officers, Four of them are in San Francisco. Some of the impact is very local to us. Most of those officers are currently on a temporary suspension. Several have allegations of sexual assault against them. Several of them have allegations of some sort of professional dishonesty. There's a number of allegations of excessive force. That's some of the the sort of very early impact of this new law. Sophia, thank you so much for your reporting and for sharing it with me. I appreciate it. Good to talk to you. Sophia Bolag is a politics reporter at The Chronicle. Find her reporting on California's police decertification law online at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. Thank you to Gary Baca for editing this episode and to you for listening. (laughs) 